We've enjoyed a lot of good music tonight already, and there's still a little bit more yet to come. But at some point, you do have to just stop and ask, well, why all these songs about a baby being born? And, and who's this Messiah? And what does, that even, what does that even mean? Well, I get just a few minutes to try to answer some of those questions, not just so that you can be better informed, but Really, our desire is that you would understand why Christmas is so important to us and to, to try to bring you in, not just to the celebration, but to a, a relationship with Jesus and to the faith that leads to the hope and the joy that He gives. That's what, that's what we're about, not just on uh, Christmas, but all through the year. Uh, over the past su- uh, month of Sunday mornings, we've been working uh, through the Christmas story uh, found in the Gospel of Matthew, just one part of the Bible where uh, one of Jesus' closest followers uh, shared some of the, not just the story, but also some of the, the, the background, the roots, the promises and prophecies that came from God to tell us uh, what, what did Jesus come at all? What, why is he so important? Even after the stories of Jesus' infancy, uh, Matthew continues to make those connections to the promises and prophecies. He, he goes back uh, in a later chapter, chapter 4, he notes that Jesus began his ministry in the region of Galilee, uh, which fulfills something that the Old Testament prophet Isaiah said. And then he quotes some of the verses that Chester read earlier in our program. If you would allow me to paraphrase just a little, um, this is how Isaiah 9, uh, 1 and 2 begins. There had been a time when God brought the land of Israel into utter anguish and grief. They had turned their back on God, and He had let them go. And soon, uh, they became just another tiny country, uh, being uh, picked on, kicked around by big bully nations, so that Israel had suffered terribly and horribly for years and years. But, the prophecy goes on to say, there will come a time. There will come a time when their gloom would turn to glory. Their darkness would turn to light. Isaiah 9-2 says, The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of deep darkness, on them light has shone. I wonder if you've ever experienced something of a breakthrough like that. Uh, maybe a time of discouragement, a time where the, the money just didn't seem to be there for all the bills that you had. Uh, you you uh, went through a long time of maybe chronic pain or sickness or, or deep relational distress, just things tearing your family apart. And, and then you, you had something of a breakthrough, something that, that changed it all, to go from doom and gloom, despair, darkness, maybe even death hanging over you, to maybe it started just as a glimmer and a gleam, a beam of light breaking through. Finally, dawn after the darkest night. Matthew says that vision of a new dawn for people in darkness was fulfilled when Jesus came, when he was born at Christmas. And down through the centuries, two millennia since Jesus walked the earth, people have celebrated the coming of the light. We're still celebrating that tonight and this week. But there was more to those words from Isaiah just a few verses later. Again, Chester read these for us, and maybe you're uh, familiar with them. Maybe they they sounded familiar to you because you've heard them sung uh, by choirs in Handel's Messiah. For unto us a child is born, 
To us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Remember, at that time, God's people had been suffering under great oppression. The prophecy says a new king would be born, the anointed one. That's what Messiah, uh, what Christ means. This is good news. It's tidings of comfort and joy because he will be, the, the government will be on his shoulder. And, and don't just think, you know, Washington, D.C., executive, legislative, judicial. But yes, yes, all the, all the power, all the authority, all the organizing structure that gives leadership to a nation. But of course, in our society, it's not just the one person, a king in, in a faraway place that, that orders all of our society. Uh, of course, in, in our culture, we've got, we've got other big powers that are going on, not just big government, big you know, tech and big pharma and all these organizations and, and networks of relationships and economies that, that shape our lives every day. And then sometimes we can feel like we're, we don't really have any say. We don't have any control. It's somebody somewhere else that's driving things. But the, the government, one day the government will be the, the governing, the ruling, the organizing, the, the structuring, the, the orchestrating will be on His shoulders. And He will be called Wonderful Counselor. Wonderful here is more than just like really great. It's wonder like a miracle. We're talking uh, something that uh, a wisdom as, as a counselor, think, think of an advisor, somebody who has just the right answer for what you need to do, that, that gives you, can give you direction. So think of his wisdom and his leadership as extraordinary, supernatural. He is the wonderful counselor. He's mighty God. His power surpasses that of any mere human His power is not used to serve himself or or his political party or uh, for the, he's not there to to show off, to to create a spectacle. His power is to save his people in their weakness. He is the mighty God. He's the everlasting father. Uh, Back in those days, the king was seen as something of a father figure, showing care and concern for the people of his realm. And yet, even the best of kings would grow old and die, but not this king. He would be the everlasting father and the prince of peace. Now, this does not mean that he's super chill, just a really relaxed dude, prince of peace. No, by his victory... He wins for His people their peace, their rest, so that they are safe and secure, safe and sound in His care. He is the Prince of Peace. This is who the prophets said to expect. This is who Jesus claimed to be. This is who His followers have believed Him to be then and now. If you're new to the Bible, you might think, well, I don't remember Jesus taking the throne, being some great king and destroying all oppression. Doesn't he end up dying on the cross? I mean, sounds more like he's just another victim of the powers that be. You need to know that Jesus' death was just as important as his birth. In fact, you could say that he was born to die. That's what we highlight on the other great Christian holiday, Easter, when Jesus died and rose again from the dead. 
And frankly, there's no hope for any of us for life beyond death, glory beyond gloom, until you know that the child was born to us, a son given to us, and he would save us first, not from the, the evil outside, the evil somewhere else, the, the, the big guys, the big scary organizations and corporations and governments and, and evil powers around the world. He, he would save us first, not from the evil outside us, but from the evil within. He came to set us free, to bring us peace. Yes, but that rescue, that salvation was accomplished when He took all our sins, all our, our resistance and our defiance of God, and He paid for that sin with His own life, releasing us from darkness and death by absorbing it Himself and giving us peace with God. He's the Prince of Peace. Maybe you're here tonight and you're still, you, you right now feel like you're still in more like the darkness rather than seeing the light of any kind of dawn. Uh, and, and we're not talking here about some kind of vague sense of holiday blues, not that I'm minimizing that, but I mean, I'm wondering if you right now feel you're, you're stuck in the darkness, you feel far away from God, far away from hope, whether because you've completely rejected Him or simply ignored Him, whether you feel like you're trapped in the mess you've made or that somebody stronger than you has you held hostage. Either way, you're feeling weak, broken, lost, alone. The answer lies in Jesus, who's a lot more than the baby in Bethlehem. It's simply for us to look to Him in faith, faith in what He has done already and faith in what He will do. See, there are prophecies and promises yet to be fulfilled in Jesus. And some of those have been mentioned here even tonight in the story that Katie read to the kids. One day, the scriptures tell us he will have the final victory over tyrants and dictators of nations, over slumlords and abusers in back alleys. And then, the very last chapter of the Bible tells us, night will be no more. Night will be no more. So when Jesus came the first time, it was like the, the first glimmer of dawn after darkness. When Jesus comes again, it will be like never-ending day. Glory. And who will be on the throne? Wonderful Counselor. Mighty God. Everlasting Father. Prince of Peace. And He can be that for you. If you trust Him for the forgiveness of your sin and receive everlasting life with Him as a gift. And that's how you can celebrate Christmas in the deepest, richest, most meaningful way when you know why the baby came and who He is for you and us all. Would you pray with me? God, we thank You. We thank You that You... You, are, you haven't left us in the mess that we have made, whether of our lives or of this world, of human history. You have always been at work to bring about redemption, to bring about salvation, to bring restoration. And we pray, God, that even as you began that work, and in the coming of Christ, did so much to win our salvation. We're praying that, that, that you would continue to do more, even tonight, to bring our hearts in connection with yours through Jesus. We pray for, for faith, 
for hope, for love. God, would you do that in us as we continue to celebrate your son in his name. Amen.